0: Welcome to the Ridge to River Outdoors podcast, spontaneous dialogue, enduring memories, and lively tales about fishing and the outdoors with your host, Doug St. Denis. Welcome to our first podcast, guys. I am Doug St. Denis, and I'm a full-time charter captain and sport fishing guide in Western Washington. I love fishing, but more importantly, I love getting people into fishing. The look on their face when that fish hits and they have that hook set, you know, and then the fight, you know, whether it's trout, salmon, sturgeon, bass, steelhead, whatever it may be, seeing the look on their face and the emotions that they experience when they're fishing and they're fighting those fish is something that I just, I won't forget. It is truly a memory that will last a lifetime. And I'm fortunate enough to say that I've got a lot of those memories to last my lifetime. So for those of you that know me, you might be asking, why why in the world would you be taking on something else? Why would you be doing a podcast? Well, that's a pretty good question. Uh, you guys, I've got three boats. I've got a salt boat, a river sled, and a bass boat, and I run guided trips on all three of those. So if I'm not guiding, then of course I'm doing boat maintenance and all sorts of fix this and fix that. And when I'm not doing that, I'm working on my YouTube channel. And, um, so taking on podcasting is one more thing, but, but here's the deal. I like talking about fishing, fishing. Has been so important my entire life. No matter what I've ever done, I always had fishing. So I'm hoping here on this podcast, you know, we can talk fishing. We can talk to uh, different guests, talk about their experiences. Maybe not tips and techniques. Maybe sometimes we do have tips and techniques, but let's uh, let's talk about how fishing has impacted our lives and and put us on the paths that we have followed and. I think it'll be interesting. I think it will be very interesting. For those of you that don't know me, um, give you a little background. I live here in western Washington, just north of Seattle. In fact, my saltwater boat departs out of uh, marina in north Seattle, and then I fish in western Washington. We've got bass fishing, smallmouth, largemouth, lots of salmon. We've got some bottom fish, and we have steelhead when it's open. I'm the sole employee for my business. So I'm the boss of myself. I don't have any employees. And as of right now, I don't have any deckhands. So I do everything, including all the production of our videos, our podcasts and stuff like that. I do all that. I've lived in Western Washington since 1990. I started guiding in 2008. About in 2011, I started doing my first videos, and we don't have, you know, a ton of subscribers. You know, we're just under 3,000 subscribers. You can find our YouTube channel at Ridge to River Outdoors, just the same name as our podcast. And for those of you that start digging around, maybe you visit our website at ridgetoriveroutdoors.com, you'll see that we also have 365charters.com. Uh, when I started doing charter fishing, I wanted to build a brand that people would recognize as being a saltwater type of fishing service that we offer. And so I created 365 Charters and it's done very well. And I co-brand both of the brands together. You'll see on either website that you go to, 365charters.com or outdoors.com, we co-brand. So, pretty much the websites are exactly identical and it works out for us. So, as I mentioned before, I've always loved fishing and I want to go back and think of the first memory I had of fishing and I think that I was probably four, I might have been five years old, but for my birthday, my dad bought me a rod and reel and a little tackle box that didn't have much in it, but man, it was my tackle box. And on the end of that rod and reel, and I think it was a Zebco 33 little spin cast uh, type reel. And at the end of that reel, there was a yellow casting weight. I I don't see them very often. In fact, I can't remember the last time I saw one in like a fishing tackle store. Uh, but you would use this to practice your casting. And man, I got to tell you. I just remember standing in the yard, casting for hours, you know, cast here, cast there. And it was probably good that I had the yellow thing instead of a hook because I don't want to hook the cat, the dog, let alone myself. But man, that was my first memory. And then just all of the trips, you know, fishing with my dad, fishing with my granddad, fishing with my uncle later in life, just a ton of fun, you know, all good memories, even the times that I've been hooked. And, you know, we'll, we'll touch on getting hooked a little later today, uh, with, with our first guest that we're going to have today. One of the reasons I started my YouTube channel and now subsequently this podcast is because I think a lot of anglers that are really good, good fishermen, good anglers, they take a lot of stuff for granted. And if you're one of those guys, you're good at catching fish. Are you taking it for granted? Because I think a lot of anglers that are really good, they take it for granted. All the knowledge they have, you know, uh, when they're talking to somebody else about fishing, not explaining stuff, and that's one of the reasons I started my channel is because I wanted to start helping other anglers get better at catching fish. And so, our market is kind of a niche market because. I really talk a lot about salmon steelhead. You know, I do have other videos about, you know, our electronics and, you know, our downriggers which are certainly not, you know, just for the Northwest. These these are these are products that are used worldwide. You know, a lot of our fishing stuff is about the Northwest. Yeah, I've got some bass stuff, but I got to tell you, you know, a lot of the patterns and stuff you might use in other parts of the country, you come here to Western Washington, those patterns just aren't going to work. So I get a lot of folks, they've moved here from Texas, Arizona, Louisiana, and it's not uncommon I get a phone call. Hey, I've lived here now for three years and I can't catch bass. I want to go fish with you and see how you do it. And it's not the technique. It's the color of the bait. And so once I get them dialed into that, they're hooking bass left and right. So I really enjoy teaching folks and sharing the knowledge that I have. I don't want to take it for granted that people know. That's one of the reasons we're doing the podcast. You know, we can talk about fishing. Maybe somebody will pick up on something that they have never heard of before. So we'll see where these podcasts go. And I do want to try and have a guest on my podcast because I think having a conversation with somebody about fishing uh, is very advantageous. So, I'm going to give a ring and we're going to get our guest on the line. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right, guys. So, on the line today, I've got my Uncle David on the phone with us. He's our guest today. Uncle David. Thanks for taking a few minutes of your time to be on our podcast today. I really appreciate that.
1: Well, you're welcome. Thanks for calling.
0: A little earlier, I was talking with the folks and just talking about taking things for granted in regards to fishing. And what I I was touching on is that there's some anglers out there that are really good at fishing. They can go out and catch a lot of fish. But are we passing that on? Are we passing it on to our kids, to our neighbors, just other friends, so that they get better and they have uh, the same passion for fishing that we have? What, what are your thoughts about that?
1: I, I don't think that we are, Doug. It's a thing of most kids don't like to go and spend that much time on the water because if they're not catching anything, they get bored cell phones and stuff have taken over mainly I wish it was true but I just don't I don't think that it's being done like it used to be
0: No I agree with that. You know I was I reflected on the first memory of fishing that I had and and I think we were living in Belton, Texas at the time and my dad had bought me for my birthday a Zebco rod and reel, a small one. And gave me a little tackle box. And on the end of it, it had one of those yellow casting weights. And I would just stand in that yard and I would cast for hours. And, you know, we didn't have cell phones, computer games, and all that stuff back then. And I think you're 100% right. I think it's really taken, all of the new devices have taken over.
1: Oh, I know it. Now, I remember that yellow weight. I used to have some of them. I wish I still did.
0: They're hard they used to find. To come on,
1: all the rod and reels.
0: Yeah, they're hard to find. You can't go to a tackle store and find them hardly anymore.
1: No, they, Nobody has them anymore. That's amazing. I think they're uh, collectors' items.
0: Well, hopefully, <laughs> folks listening today, they'll uh, they'll take the moment and you know get their kids out, get their friends out that don't fish, get them on something that's easy, right? Something that that you're going to catch a lot of fish. You know, maybe yeah, go. If you're, in pacific northwest yeah if you're down in the south go bluegill fishing right yeah if you're up here in the pacific northwest go trout fishing you know don't take them out and go to a fishery that's the hardest fishery to do like say bass fishing or uh you know tuna fishing or or steelhead fishing do something that's easy to get them hooked on the the sport of fishing
1: exactly and and teach them, too, that every time you go, you're not going to always catch. You know, that's why they call it fishing.
0: Not catching.
1: Not catching. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so, let me ask you this. What's your earliest memory of fishing?
1: Oh, gosh, Doug. Granddad used to take us with uh, almost every Saturday night or Friday night, and we'd go crappie fishing. That was his main thing he loved crappie fishing and we fished on grapevine lake all the time i can remember being in third fourth grade you know
0: i remember that when i stayed with him one summer when he lived on eagle mountain lake um that was his number one thing he wanted to go down to the pier and do some crappie fishing and boy he could catch them my goodness did
1: you did you remember the old StarCraft boat he used to have?
0: Yes, I do. He threw yep, me off what, of it. That's how I learned how to swim.
1: Yep, yep. That's what we used to go fishing in all the time.
0: That's awesome.
1: So, yeah, it was, it was awesome times. That's awesome. Yeah, we made a family affair out of it. Everybody went.
0: So I, I was talking earlier. I don't really have any bad memories of fishing. I mean, Everything I think of when it comes to fishing, it's all good memories. Even times I've been hooked with hooks, which oh. r- reminds me of a time that I was fishing with a certain uncle and he hit me <laughs> in the back of my neck with a yellow magic topwater lure. And I think all six points of those two treble hooks were stuck in my skin.
1: <laughs> I kind of finally remember that. I don't know what happened. I think the wind caught it.
0: No, no. Let's 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 recant this because I remember it like it happened yesterday.
1: Yeah, I have an awful hard swing <laughs> when I'm casting.
0: Your your cast, I have to tell you, your cast is pretty powerful. Needless to say, I remember it's a head I jerker, in, isn't it? It's it's a head jerker. I was in the back of the boat. And I mentioned something about it. Hey, I just got this new lure, and you said, hey, let me see it. So I walked up to the front of the boat, and you didn't realize I was there, and you cast. And, buddy, that thing hit the back of my neck, and my neck was instantly numb, so it didn't hurt at all. And you looked down at your reel, and what did it look like? (laughs) Big old bird man. (laughs) You know, now that I'm a full-time guide and charter captain, we call those a professional overrun.
1: Yeah, that, that wasn't there. That was a uh, suicide run.
0: <laughs> there was no fixing that on the water, was no, there? No,
1: that, that one had to be cut out.
0: Oh, that's... And see, but, but just goes to show you the great memories that you get when it comes to fishing, right? Oh, yeah. We had a good day on the water that day. We were fishing a hot lake. I forget the name of that lake. There uh, in Texas. Martin Creek. That's right, Martin Creek Lake. So I know that you do a lot of bass fishing. Right, primarily largemouth, but you had uh, an opportunity last year. You came up, uh, brought a friend. We did a lot of salmon fishing, right? We fished for pink salmon.
1: Oh, yeah, had a great time.
0: Yep, yep, did fish for pinks. Lost a lot of fish, didn't we?
1: Yeah, lost a lot of fish and caught a lot of fish. Lost a lot of fish and caught a
0: lot. I think we only had one day we didn't limit on fish, and that's we were only out there for a couple hours anyway.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's the day you picked us up at the airport.
0: Yep. Yep, that's right. We went out for a little bit. I just didn't want to get stuck in traffic too bad going home. So, But then you had an opportunity to do some smallmouth fishing. Now, had you fished for smallmouth prior to this trip? No,
1: that was my first time.
0: What would you think of the experience?
1: Oh, it was great. I love it. That's the first time I ever fished a drop shot, too. Now, I got one rigged up on two different rods.
0: That drop shot's pretty effective.
1: It is real effective.
0: Yes. Change up the colors maybe a little bit. You know, we we use a lot of craw colors up here, uh, maybe some minnow colors to to mimic our trout or our kokanee if we have them in our lakes. Uh, What kind of colors are you going to tie on down there for your largemouth?
1: Mainly green. Uh, Either that or I'll go uh, watermelon red flake. Anything with green around here seems to work on just about any lake.
0: You guys have a ton of crawfish in your lakes there.
1: Yeah, but most most of the time when I'm fishing, I, I always go to my what what if bait, you know, my lucky bait, and that's the uh, watermelon red super fluke. I just uh, catch a lot of fish on that thing. It's uh, either that or if I'm fishing at night, I'll fish black and blue primarily.
0: Nice. Have you done any catfish lately?
1: Now, last time we went, we got blown off the lake, so we didn't we didn't do too good.
0: Well, that happens.
1: So, yeah.
0: Now, I do have to admit that um I don't like the wind, and I've had a few instances where maybe I wouldn't technically call it fishing. I just call it getting off the water.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't I don't mind the wind too bad. Uh I just don't like any combination of rain, wind or or anything like that together if it's raining i'm fine if it's wind it's fine but if they're doing both i've got to go
0: gotta go gotta go you could do it when you were younger
1: yeah but now yeah. you're
0: at the point where you just don't need to put up with it
1: yeah i don't need to put up with it and i can go anytime i want to so that's that's part of being retired
0: so we've got a bucket list question what is on your bucket list for fishing. What's the one kind of fishing you've never done and you want to do it? Sturgeon fishing. Sturgeon fishing. Oh my goodness. I happen to know somebody that can help you out with that.
1: I I, I thought you did. So <laughs> you might want to give John a call and see if he can hook me up.
0: Yep. yep. <laughs> well, I don't think John's gonna put his uh new Camus bass boat in the salt water to fish for sturgeon, but I I, I, I got don't a think sled he we can either. hook you up with.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'd better get a bigger boat.
0: <laughs> you know, you're going to need a bigger boat for that. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Well, I think so, we'll be able to hook you up with that.
1: Yep, that would be a fun trip. All
0: right, well, you've got uh, Labor Day coming up. You going to do any fishing this weekend? No, nope, going to the deer lease. Going to the it deer is, lease. It's that time of year. Is, yep,
1: it has officially become deer season.
0: So, so when does deer season start ready. for you guys?
1: Yep. Archery season opens September the 30th, I believe it is. Uh, and then rifle season opens. It goes through October. And then rifle season opens first part of November. And then it closes uh, usually around January. I mean, yeah, January the 16th or so.
0: So just so the listeners know, my uncle lives in East Texas. So if you're kind of wondering where he is and the dates he's talking about, Uh, That's for the state of Texas. Now, do the dates pretty much, because Texas is a big state, do the dates pretty much are the same throughout the entire state, or is it by region?
1: Well, for whitetail deer, it's it's statewide, pretty much. Uh, Mule deer and stuff like that, uh, you have different seasons in different counties. So we don't have any white. deer. Mule deer's around here or anything. It's mainly all whitetail, and and if you want to go shoot a axis or something like that, you have to go to a high fence. But other than that, that's just primarily just whitetail, and it's pretty much statewide.
0: You're talking about going to the deer lease now. The state of Texas has public land, but they don't have public land like we have here in Washington State. Isn't that correct?
1: Yeah, you have to buy a permit to get on these these uh, properties that they have around here. Uh, I forget what I think it's like twenty five dollar permit, and you can go hunt any of them. Plus, you got to have your regular hunting license. Right. Uh, but it's you know they're they're pretty congested. They're not real safe to go on. A lot of people. Uh, unless you've got a, a lot of people. A lot of people go to them uh, because mainly because they don't have deer leases and stuff. So
0: so that is the alternative. The alternative is that you go in with some buddies and you get in on a deer lease.
1: Yeah, and lease the property, and that way you got control of who's in and who's not.
0: Now, the interesting thing about leases is they kind of vary. Some leases, the landowner, I'm sure, does all the work. Other leases, you guys are allowed to do a certain amount of work. How's it work on your lease?
1: We we do all the work on our deer lease. We keep the roads maintained. We uh, trim the trees. We keep the camp clean. We plant our own food plots, dish them up and plant them, uh, put up our own stands. Everything, Homeowner, uh, the property owner don't bother us at all.
0: That's nice. Now, what does a deer lease typically, what is that going to cost a person if they went in with some other friends? What's like an average?
1: It's going to average anywhere from 10 to $12 an
0: acre. Oh, that's not bad. No, it's not too bad. That's not bad, not bad at all. Well, listen, I really appreciate you taking time to jump on with us today and talk a little fishing, a little hunting, and and whatnot.
1: Well, I appreciate you calling and letting me do it. I
0: enjoyed it. Absolutely, we'll have you on again. All right. All right. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. All right, guys. Well, that's my uncle David. Um, He's he is quite the character. He is he is a very good angler. Uh he and I have fished together a lot. Um been very fortunate to have him come up and fish with me here in in western Washington uh for salmon and for bass. Uh and I'll definitely get him out for sturgeon fishing. I I had no idea that was a bucket list item for him. And I happen to know right where to go find those sturgeon. So we'll get him up here and we'll um go out and do some sturgeon fishing. We'll have him on again. You know, he and I, we've got some stories that uh, I think you guys might find interesting and and funny all at the same time. So until next time, uh, thanks for listening to Ridge to River Outdoors, and we'll catch you on the next episode. You've been listening to the Ridge to River Outdoors podcast. Subscribe to Ridge to River Outdoors on YouTube and follow Ridge to River Outdoors on Facebook.